interaction with the bill. Uh, it will take a bit of time. Uh, you are all welcome and special welcome to Professor Msimang, uh, who has joined us today. We know that you are also overstressed and busy with other committees. We always appreciate when you pay us a visit, Professor Msimang. Uh, welcome. Um, uh, are there any apologies, members? On my side, I received one apology from Honorable Jale, uh, who indicated that she is on her way. She's flying to Cape Town, so she will join us as soon as she lands in Cape Town. Are there any further apologies? And none. Uh, good morning, sir. Yes, Honorable uh, Mr. Ramano. Yeah. Uh, Yes, there's an apology from Honorable Ramlube. Yes, uh, she's still, uh, yes, we received that apology last week that uh, she has a bereavement. And uh, when I spoke to her, she expressed her appreciation from the messages of support that she received from members. Uh, thank, you very uh, thank you very much, members, for that uh, show of kindness. Um, any other apologies? Okay. Um, over to you, Mr. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. Jebison. Um, I'm going to share um, the slideshow. Can everybody see it? I hope. Yes, we can see it. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jeepism. Um, okay, um, in essence... But uh, if you can just uh, scroll down so that, yes. Okay. Um, this is uh, the comments and responses that we received during public hearings on the Cannabis for Private Purpose Bill. As far as I know, there were 32 comments. Um, the comments are discussed in the uh, summary of comment, and uh, we give responses there too. Um, we can start um, at the beginning. There's a lot of general comments um, on the bill, uh, which make general remarks on the bill. The first was from Professor Perry Mayers. Sorry, from Professor Perry and Mayers. They are drug experts um, relating to abuse, and they do make certain observations regarding the bill. Um, first, they do um, say that uh, it's correct to decriminalize cannabis for private use, since it's not appropriate to incarcerate persons uh, that use cannabis and to waste state resources. We obviously agree with that. Um, we also refer in paragraph 11b to the fact that uh, the bill does not acknowledge the need, sorry, the bill do acknowledge the need to protect children uh, and others in the, from cannabis users. Um, but they also propose that a bill must make other 
amendments to mitigate further risk uh, in relation thereto. Must point out uh, that it is discussed in paragraph 1.1b that um, the bill relates from the judgment of the Minister of Justice and Constitutional Development versus Prince, and um, it solely addresses the declaration of unconstitutionality of Section 4B of the Drugs Act and Section 5B of the Drugs Act, insofar as it was declared unconstitutional to cater for uh, the rights of other persons to use cannabis in private and to cultivate cannabis in private for his own use. Um, I did discuss the more detail, but I'm going to only deal with the relevant parts here. And uh, on paragraph three, it's indicated that the department is uh, responsible for the administration of the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act, and that uh, the other uh, interventions that was referred to by the honorable professors um, is actually outside uh, the domain of the Department of Justice. And uh, the aim of the bill is rather narrow to the extent that it gives effect to uh, the Prince judgment. At the bottom of the page, I do refer to the Prevention of and Treatment of Substance Abuse Act. And um, that act do provide for various interventions that can be used uh, to address the arms associated with cannabis. And it involves various other role players, amongst others, most government departments um, that's responsible for social matters. It includes the Department of Finance, Education, Health, Justice, Arts, and Culture, Sport and Recreation, as well as local government and Correctional Services and the South African Police Service. In paragraph C um, of the summary of comments, it is uh, indicated that uh, due to the fact that uh, cannabis is legalized, there is going to be uh, an increase in the use of cannabis. And uh, the concern that is raised by the honorable professors is to the effect that uh, cannabis have, uh, has um, an impact on brain development. And uh, according to the learned authors, this uh, is related to persons under 25 years, mostly. Um, in paragraph D, the Honorable Professors provide statistics regarding um, the effect of cannabis on certain people and how it uh, impacts on uh, the current structures that is used um, to deal with persons uh, with a drug problem. Our response there too is, yes, we acknowledge that uh, it will give rise to the use of cannabis once legalized, not only by all the adults, but also by children. And that is firstly due to the fact that uh, it's uh, not criminalized anymore, and uh, a lot of people will be exposed there too. And um, we also acknowledge that there is going to be an impact on the structures to deal with the arms associated with cannabis. Um, 
in paragraph E, the professors refer to the fact that uh, there should be some public uh, awareness program to inform the public uh, of the harms associated with cannabis, um, as well as uh, the possible uh, health implications there too. And so uh, this must be made available in an accessible format. And so we indicate, yes, public education awareness programs uh, is obviously a harm reduction measure. Uh, but however, we cannot provide for that in the bill. The Prevention and Treatment of Substance Abuse Act already caters therefore. Um, but also, uh, a public education awareness program is going to give rise uh, to substantial expenditure. And uh, obviously, programs is subject to available funds. Uh, in paragraph F, there's recommendations regarding monitoring of the use of arms associated with cannabis. And uh, these arms should be reported to increase public awareness of the arms. Uh, and uh, some of the important monitoring mechanisms that is proposed is uh, amongst others, the extent of patterns of cannabis abuse or use amongst adults and adolescents. Um, Cannabis-related road traffic offenses, uh, trauma associated therewith, uh, the effect, or let me rather say, psychiatric or mental consequences that relate thereto, and uh, also to the effect that cannabis-induced psychosis needs to be monitored. Our response there too is that this can be catered for in the Prevention of and Treatment of Substance Abuse Act. Um, I must point out at this stage that uh, if one look at uh, various overseas jurisdictions that uh, implemented a commercial model for cannabis regulation, um, there is various initiatives specifically aimed at achieving um, the proposals of the professor uh, in legislation that deals with that legalization. And uh, what they do is they use the funds that is obtained from selling of cannabis and licensing and taxes there to, to address the arms of cannabis. So they legalize it, but they use the income mainly to address the arms associated with it. It is quite similar to alcohol and tobacco in South Africa, increased taxes to deal with the arms associated with uh, tobacco and alcohol. Uh, the bill, as pointed out, however, do not cater for that. Uh, they also indicate that uh, the bill may create a slippery slope that regarding the enforcement thereof. And uh, we also raise a concern that uh, there may not be, uh, let's call it in enforcement capacities under the police to address the bill as such. Um, our submission in respect there 
which is that yes, uh, although the ball in clause two do um, respect the right of privacy of adults to use cannabis, there's regulatory measures in place in the bill, namely clauses three, four, five, and six, which imposes certain limitations uh, on this right, and that can be used as uh, the criteria to enforce the bill. Uh, and obviously, the reason, therefore, is to protect others against the arms associated with cannabis. Uh, in paragraph 1.2, um, Maureen and Noonan, uh, the main concern is regarding the impact of cannabis in the workplace. Our response there too is that uh, the applicable labor law and employment contracts will regulate that. I can refer uh, the committee, amongst others, to certain labor court decisions, amongst others, Builder Trade Depot versus uh, the Commission of uh, conciliation, mediation, and arbitration, where uh, this aspect is dealt with. And obviously, it's regarded as misconduct if you use uh, drugs in the workplace. It's treated similar to alcohol. And so uh, the Labor Relations Act also provides for measures uh, to deal with uh, drug and alcohol-related problems in the workplace. Uh, in paragraph 1.3, uh, I need uh, comments that are provided by the South African Medical Association. They, amongst others, refer to the fact that uh, uh, the World Medical Association uh, do not per se approve uh, cannabis use for medical purposes. And um, the World Medical Association's opinion is to the effect that uh, there should be some measures in place uh, to prevent and reduce recreational cannabis use. Um, our response there too is, Obviously, first, there is other legislation in place that deals with that. That is the Prevention, Art and Treatment of Substance Abuse Act that aims to achieve those objectives. And obviously, to a large extent, uh, the bill ensure that there is a justifiable limitation on the use of uh, cannabis in South Africa and is limited to the rights that is afforded in the Prince judgment uh, to an adult. Paragraph B, uh, I refer amongst others to the opinion of the Austrian Medical Association, uh, who also say that uh, personal recreational use of cannabis should be prohibited. Uh, this is acknowledged, but however, there's a constitutional judgment to the country, they do allow for the use of uh, recreational cannabis. Uh, in paragraph C, uh, they refer to, amongst others, that uh, there is scientific evidence available that indicates the harm associated with cannabis use. 
They also referred in paragraph two to the World Health, like the World Drug Report, uh, which indicated that in South Africa, between 25 and 56% of persons that received treatment uh, had the cannabis as a primary drug problem. And uh, they also referred to, amongst others, the social economic uh, position in South Africa uh, regarding unemployment, poverty, and uh, insufficient resources uh, that's made available to a healthcare system to deal with uh, the drug abuse. Uh, and our response there too is yes, we do acknowledge this. And uh, we do also acknowledge that uh, the structures that aims to deal with drug abuse is under resource. Uh, and that uh, it all aims to get some of uh, the health and social arms problems associated with cannabis abuse uh, through measures that restrict the use of cannabis. And uh, again, I can refer to the other countries uh, where cannabis has been legalized and regulated through commercial cannabis uh, regulation, regulatory measures, which actually do provide funds uh, to address such harms. Uh, and in paragraph G, they referred to the fact that there is ongoing stricter reform in respect of tobacco and alcohol in South Africa uh, in legislation that regulates that uh, to ensure mainly public health. And um, I do refer to, amongst others, the Tobacco Control Act and the Liquor Act, and there's various provincial um, liquor legislation in place that um, do regulate tobacco and liquor use, as well as um, the availability thereof. Uh, and uh, again, I must indicate that the board cannot regulate this in um, the same manner as uh, the tobacco and nickel legislation, um, due to the fact that um, the bill in actual effect is a, can be regarded as an amendment to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act to allow for um, recreational use of cannabis by an adult person only. And obviously, um, reform is necessary. And um, if a commercial model is considered in South Africa to regulate recreational use of cannabis, which the bill do provide for in uh, clause one, two, um, similar reforms uh, can be implemented to further restrict the use of cannabis. In paragraph 1.4, um, lack of consultation in respect of the bill is criticized. It was indicated previously that there was no previous, or rather there was no public consultation on the bill before cabinet was uh, approached for consent to introduce the bill into parliament. And uh, our response there to is amongst others that uh, we do acknowledge um, the fact that uh, it's usually preferable to make the bill available for 
public comment before it's finalized. But on the other hand, uh, there is no uh, rule or any other obligation that do specify that the department must consult on the bill before it is introduced in Parliament. Um, in paragraph 1.5, references made amongst others to the fact that uh, cannabis has the potential to be an uh, economic multiplier. Uh, but on the other hand, it do restrict um, the ambit of the bill only to certain activities um, where cannabis can be used lawfully. And um, they also indicate to the fact that uh, the result of the bill may be that in some instances um, it may still give rise to a illegal market regarding the selling of cannabis products and seedlings, um, which is not actually, which is addressed in the bill, but uh, that is obviously the perceived consequences of the current regime as proposed by the bill. And our response there to, is to the effect that, um, again, the bill only gives effect to the limited exemption that was granted in terms of the transjudgment. Um, and uh, I do refer in our responses there to what is required um, of the bill. And uh, the Prince judgment, amongst others, uh, referred to the fact that Parliament must uh, determine appropriate amount of cannabis for personal use. Uh, Prince judgment uh, restrict any activities in connection with cultivation of cannabis. It is not in private and not for use or personal consumption. Um, it also permits the use and possession of cannabis. And uh, that use is not per se confined to a home or a private dwelling, but um, it is actually specified that it is any place which can be regarded as a place of privacy. The Prince judgment uh, prohibit uh, the use, including the smoking of cannabis in public or in the presence of children or in the presence of a non-consenting adult. And uh, in terms of the Prince judgment, the dealing in cannabis was considered and uh, the court remarked that dealing in cannabis is in fact a justifiable limitation on the right to privacy, which was considered in that judgment. Um, and uh, in terms of the Prince judgment, uh, it stipulated that the use or possession of cannabis in private other than by an adult person for his or her personal consumption should not be permitted in the legislation. Uh, and um, in paragraph 1.5.2, I do discuss that uh, the fact that uh, dealing in cannabis and the objection thereto must be seen in the context of the right to privacy, which was considered um, by uh, the Constitutional Court. 
And uh, in respect of the author's comment that uh, cannabis legalization may be used to stimulate the, the economy, I must again remark that the Department of Justice cannot promote such legislation that provides for commercial activities relating to cannabis, since other departments is responsible, therefore. And again, I must um, point out that clause 1.2 of the bill do provide for the promotion of other legislation that may um, provide for commercialization of cannabis for recreational purposes. Uh, in one point, paragraph 1.6, uh, a comment was received to the effect that uh, the bill serves. So, Mr. Roberts, uh, what you are saying is that this bill does not close the door to other departments, uh, for instance, that are responsible for the commercialization to promote legislation that will enable commercialization of the of the cannabis um, that is correct uh, mr chairperson um, clause 1.2 do provide for that uh, it is discussed later on in the comment but i can point out that uh, countries amongst uruguay canada and the united states that did commercialize that um, actually did that in uh, contravention of their obligations in terms of the International Drug Control Conventions. Um, they were severely criticized uh, in respect thereof, but uh, no steps has been taken against them. Um, but yes, there is an opening for other departments to ensure that legislation may be promoted to deal with uh, Let's call it the recreational use of cannabis and the regulation thereof through a commercialized model. I must point out at this stage that uh, in terms of our international obligations, uh, this cannot be actually regarded as something that can be done for profit. If other departments do implement it, it must be based uh, on the principle that it is implemented as a harm reduction measure only. Um, to that extent, uh, we might uh, not fulfill of our convention obligations, but otherwise, if it's used for peer profit and uh, also for export, South Africa may have a problem in that regard. Uh, but uh, Mr. Roberts, what do you say, for instance, there is a mall, not to me, mainly mall, where there are cannabis products that are being sold. Will that not be in contravention of that uh, UN convention? And what has been the consequence since then? Uh, Mr. Chaperson, uh, what is allowed to be sold currently mainly relates to uh, CBD. Um, CBD, yes. Yeah, it's extractions from um, cannabis. CBD is uh, not actually a drug. Um, okay. It is used for treatment. I can refer you to the Medicines Act, amongst others, uh, where CBD was descheduled uh, to schedule four 
uh, status. So it can be used for medicinal purposes. In uh, Schedule 6, um, or in the Schedules to the Medicines Act, CBD is also excluded under certain circumstances if it uh, only contains a minimum amount of CBD. On the other hand, THC um, currently is regulated by the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. And if any person sells um, cannabis or uh, CBD uh, THC extraction, that will be in contravention with the Drugs Act as well as the bill. Thank you very much, Honorable Newport Trachens. Um, yes, Chair. Uh, okay, uh, Chair, I, Mr. Robertson, can you just explain again, because some um, shopping centers obviously sell these things and some um, nurseries um, you know, where they sell plants and stuff, also sell these products. So how is that then allowed? Some is allowed and some is, are not allowed. Can you just explain that again, please? Thank you. Um, okay, first, if anything contains THC, like uh, let's say raw cannabis, that uh, can be regarded as a psychotropic substance that is prohibited. Currently, in terms of the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act, as well as the Medicines Act, um, and the only limited exemption is that provided for in the Prince judgment, namely for private use, and it must be in private, and if you cultivate cannabis, uh, it must be cultivated in private for personal use. What is most probably be sold currently is products that uh, contains CBD. And CBD is not a psychotropic substance. It's mainly used for medicinal purposes. Um, and I did indicate that um, CBD that exceeds a certain quantity or rather a percentage uh, is currently regulated in terms of Schedule 4 of the Medicines Act. That means that a doctor must prescribe it. But there is also certain exclusions where CBD is below the prescribed percentage, which do allow for these products to be sold. There's other legislation that comes uh, into play uh, regarding the selling of products uh, containing CBD. I can refer, amongst others, to the Foodstuffs uh, Act uh, that is also administered by the Department of Health, which do impose certain obligations and restrictions on the selling of certain products. Um, if CBD that contain, um, as prescribed in Schedule 4 of the Medicines Act is sold, obviously, uh, it must be prescribed by uh, a, a medical practitioner in terms of uh, the Medicines Act. But on the lower scale, where it does not exceed a certain percentage, um, it can be sold elsewhere. It is sold in various pharmacies. And I, yes, it is sold outside pharmacies. 
but um, to that extent, um, the products that are sold there does not firstly contain CBD, and it is not. Um, it doesn't contain CBD that is actually regulated in Schedule Four of the Medicines Act. So that is my explanation regarding the selling of products. On the other hand, if any product that is sold contains THC, it's an offence. Currently, in terms of the Medicines Act, the Drugs Act, and the bill will also criminalise that. Thank you. Then, Mr. Roberts, how does uh, this uh, bill assist the Minister of uh, Agriculture and Land Reform? Uh, because she wants uh, to give licenses for cultivation. Uh, so one of the requests was that uh, that part should be taken away from the Drug and Trafficking Act. Now, how does this bill, uh, if passed, assist her? Mr. Chairperson, yes, it's correct. Currently, um, if you look at um, the schedules to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, yes. it prohibits um, DACA, uh, which is any part of a plant, uh, and it includes hemp. Um, if one look at the bill, uh, one will see in the definitions that uh, hemp is excluded from cannabis regulation uh, in terms of the bill, and uh, there's also amendments to the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act in the schedule to the bill, which uh, remove cannabis per se from the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. So what the bill does is it removes the restriction in terms of the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act, firstly. Secondly, it do provide in the bill that uh, hemp is actually excluded as cannabis for purposes of the bill. And that is also the prohibitions that do apply there too. But uh, there are certain restrictions on that. Firstly, uh, legislation must be promoted by a department uh, in this respect. Um, I do discuss it later on. And uh, if I look at all other countries, uh, there is specific legislation in place that regulates the cultivation of hemp as well as the subsequent processing thereof. In terms of the bill, obviously hemp is excluded from cannabis. It's treated differently if it's cultivated in terms of legislation or other regulatory measure that is promoted by other department. And uh, in terms of that other legislation, uh, hemp uh, must... Uh, Amongst others, um, sorry, uh, uh, the hemp that can be cultivated in terms of such other legislation must place a limit of THC that that plant contain. Um, so the bill do provide for the exclusion of hemp so that it can be cultivated uh, as an agricultural product, but again, is subject to other legislation or regulatory measure that must be promoted to regulate it. Um, so it's excluded, 
but it's subject to legislation that must be promoted. Okay. You can proceed. Um, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Uh, dealing with uh, paragraph 1.6, um, there is a comment that uh, the bill curbs medicinal use of cannabis and it infringes on cultural practices. I do refer to the fact that uh, uh, I do refer to the Medicines Act that regulates uh, currently uh, medicinal use of cannabis. The book can obviously not regulate medicinal use of cannabis. It's not within the domain of the Department of Justice to do that. The Department of Health or the Minister of Health is a responsible person that must do it. Also, I do refer that uh, the Medicines Act recently uh, rescheduled cannabis from a Schedule 7 substance to a Schedule 6 substance, uh, which have the effect that it can be used for medicinal purposes. Um, and I also further refer to the fact that um, in terms of clause one, two of the bill, uh, provision is made that the bill did not apply uh, to a person who is permitted or authorized in terms of other legislation to deal with cannabis. And um, if there is a problem with cultural practices involving cannabis, um, other appropriate legislation must deal with that. I will discuss it later in more detail. Um, we, I do refer to the medicinal use of cannabis uh, by traditional healers. So let's wait till I get to that part. Thank you. Um, in paragraph 1.7, uh, reference was made to the fact that uh, the bill follow a punitive approach to cannabis use. And according to the commentator, uh, this is inconsistent with legislation that regulate alcohol. Um, and for that, to that extent, probably also to tobacco. Um, and there's also a remark that um, the bill in this current form uh, may have a problem insofar as it comes to enforcement regarding uh, uh, enforcement by the South African Police Service. And uh, the remark is made that... Climbing where to cut. So while I was climbing the tree, you can't climb the tree next to me. Mr. Cohen, can you meet yourself? Yes, uh, I'm here. Can you mute yourself? Please proceed. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Our response there, uh, too, is that, um, yes, we agree that criminalization of small quantities of drugs for personal use is not the appropriate measure to deal with drug abuse. Um, there is reform currently under the way to the Drugs Act, which do give effect to um, 
South Africa's uh, policy on drug abuse, which uh, do further cater for this. Uh, the criminalization approach that the author referred to uh, is that provided for in clauses three, four, five, and six of the bill. And um, the offenses there is to protect others against harm associated with cannabis use. Um, many other countries, uh, even if uh, they use a commercialized approach to cannabis regulation, do have certain measures in place that is uh, similar to what is proposed in the bill uh, to protect others against harm. Um, and I do refer to some overseas legislation. Various others were considered, and that's amongst others, the Canadian Cannabis Act, uh, the Uruguayan law, um, Australian capital territories that uh, decriminalize small quantities of drugs for personal use, um, and the various uh, United uh, States in the United States, amongst others, New York, Washington, Colorado, Illinois, California, that uh, do deal with similar prohibitions as those that um, is prescribed in the bill. Um, and uh, furthermore, insofar as um, the objection regarding the bill not being similar to uh, liquor legislation is concerned, uh, I must point out that um, liquor legislation, also tobacco laws, do regulate, amongst others, liquor production and tobacco production, as well as the sale and consumption thereof. And uh, especially in terms of legal legislation, um, there's a prohibition to supply liquor to a minor, um, except uh, in certain circumstances where there's adult supervision and for religious purposes. And uh, there's also a prohibition in the legal legislation regarding the involvement of a minor in any activities regarding the production and sale of liquor. Um, liquor consumption is also controlled and restricted to certain places. And um, there's a criminalization on the manufacturing of liquor and the selling of liquor products without a license. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you what to do at one time. The only exception being that um, one can probably brew beer for personal consumption. That is exemption that was granted. Um, again, uh, the comments regarding prior consultation is, is uh, criticized by Western Cape government. I already dealt with this aspect. In paragraph 1.9, um, there's uh, a remark that uh, the bill, through regulation of the private use and quantity restrictions, uh, actually do impact on uh, the medicinal use of cannabis. Um, and uh, I already explained that, that the Medicines Act do regulate that. And uh, that uh, medicinal cannabis 
can be prescribed in terms of the Medicines Act. But uh, regarding uh, this objection, uh, I will point out later that uh, in certain, income, certain circumstances, we may need to provide for um, exemption to further regulate uh, the medicinal use of cannabis where a person cultivates it at home. And you can probably consider uh, amendments in the bill to facilitate this. Uh, in paragraph 1.10, it's remarked that the bill must provide for scientific and academic research and studies relating to cannabis. Uh, I already explained the ambit of the bill, and it's my submission that other legislation must provide for research and studies and um, to further regulate cannabis for scientific purposes. Uh, this cannot be accommodated in the bill. Uh, in paragraph 1.11, uh, it's mainly the positive aspects uh, of the bill that's recognized by the commentator. We know that. In paragraph 1.12, uh, it's uh, remarked that uh, it's not clear where the sales was conducted. Um, together with the documents that uh, were submitted to the committee, um, the certificate, the sales certificates were also submitted, which is which indicated that uh, prior sales were conducted in this regard. Um, Western Cape remarked or made, made certain remarks regarding the bill vis a -vis other legislation. Um, the first being that uh, would child protection social worker conduct a cannabis investigation to determine whether a caregiver or guardian uses cannabis and whether they comply with the law or is offending. So I submission that uh, other legislation already regulates this, amongst others, the Children's Act, to determine whether a child is in need of care and protection. Um, it's remarked that um, the will impact on Rastafarian families and uh, incorrectly, the author of uh, referred to the fact that uh, in terms of the bill, children in those families must be removed uh, due to the fact that they are exposed to the use of cannabis. Um, I must point out that the bill do not cater for Rastafarian families. They're currently uh, subject to the regulation of the bill. As discussed later on, I do indicate that uh, religious exemption may be considered in respect of Rastafarians. Um, and that's discussed in paragraph 124. I will discuss the more detail at that paragraph. Um, they do also refer to uh, prenatal exposure uh, of a child and uh, the effect thereof of the child, or the effect of cannabis on the child. Um, my submission is that um, the, uh, there is um, uh, 
there may be, not is, there may be uh, certain um, adverse consequences if it's, a child is exposed um, during its development to cannabis. Uh, and um, I also then referred to, amongst others, to tobacco, alcohol, legislation, uh, that also do not specifically provide for this. Uh, and uh, my submission in respect of um, this concern is that public education awareness programs are probably the more appropriate mechanisms to address this issue. I think that is also used in respect of alcohol and tobacco. Um, in paragraph 1.13d, uh, request is made that uh, the bills should uh, be accompanied uh, by public awareness campaigns to inform the public on the arms of cannabis. And as a response thereto is that the prevention of and treatment of substance abuse act or educators, therefore, and it can be done in terms of that legislation. In 1.14, uh, this objection against uh, the drafting practice in the bill in that on top of the uh, second page, um, there is explanatory note indicating that um, underlying text is insertions and uh, text in brackets in, in bold is omissions. And according to the author, uh, this is not drafting practice. Since the bill is a primary piece of legislation, not amendment act like the Additional Matters Amendment Act, my response there too is that uh, in the schedules to the bill, uh, amongst others, the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act and the National Road Traffic Act is amended. Um, and the explanatory notes um, on page two uh, relates to those amendments. Um, previously, in most um, primary legislation, even if there uh, were amendments to other legislation, such a note were not necessary. But according to new drafting practices and uh, the bill's office, uh, that is now a requirement. So it's a change in drafting practices. Paragraph uh, 1.15, um, it's indicated that uh, the bill is silent on the medicinal use of cannabis. It's far as relate to children under the age of 18 years. And uh, the question is asked whether this was considered and um, a request is made that amendment must be made in this regard. Our submission there too is that the Medicines Act deals with medicine administration of cannabis. Um, and that was already discussed. And obviously, the bill cannot deal with aspects that is dealt with in the Medicines Act. Um, in paragraph 1.16, uh, the question is against raised uh, whether AMP uh, is excluded from the application of the bill. That is already discussed previously. I'm not going to discuss it again. 
But the general effect is that the MP is excluded um, from regulation in the bill if other legislation is promoted to regulate its cultivation. Otherwise, if there's no other legislation in place, then for, for all practical purposes, be regarded as cannabis for purposes of the bill and subject to the limitations as provided for in the bill. Um, in 1.17, there is uh, a request that uh, cannabis should be regarded as agricultural crop and um, that it must be subject to regulation by the Department of Agriculture. I just think I did explain that previously. Uh, insofar as it relates to cannabis as agricultural crop, firstly, uh, cannabis with ITHC is strictly regulated in terms of the bill and the Medicines Act, and uh, it can only be regarded as an agricultural crop probably if other legislation is regulated that regulates um, commercialization in respect thereof. Uh, in paragraph 1.18, uh, reference is made that the Medicines Act and the Traditional Health Practitioners Act excludes cannabis from the ambit of medicinal use. Uh, I already explained that currently in terms of the Medicines Act, uh, due to the rescheduling thereof, cannabis can be used for medicinal purposes. Um, it's supposed to relate to the use of cannabis as traditional medicine. My submission is that it must be catered for in the Traditional Health Practitioners Act. Um, the bill cannot deal with this aspect since it falls within the ambit of other department. Uh, in paragraph 1.19, the practical implementation of the bill is questioned. Um, I think that was raised uh, beforehand. Um, and uh, our submission or response in uh, consequence thereof is that the bill is in line with foreign legislation um, that uh, regulate cultivation and use of cannabis for personal use. Um, there is a, a comment in paragraph 1.20 that a bill is unreasonable, unjustifiable limitation of a person's right that resulted from the prince judgment and is contrary to the spirit of the prince judgment. I already discussed this to the extent that um, in terms of the prince judgment, the only exception or exemption to the current criminalization is that for personal use and cultivation for personal use only. Kusar uh, 2 uh, welcomes the bill, but raises concerns to the extent that it does not deal with, the, with uh, cannabis regulation in an industrial context. And uh, they also raise uh, a concern that some of the clauses of the bill uh, may be awful, unworkable, uh, discriminatory and contrary to the spirit of the Prince Judgment. I think that was discussed already first to the extent that it will be subject to the narrow exemption in the Prince Judgment. We um, do remove uh, restrictions on the cultivation of hemp and um, 
Regarding a concern that is raised over and over throughout uh, the Commons is that uh, commercialization of cannabis for commercial use was never considered um, when the bill was drafted. In the distribution of the documents, there is an extra A, and um, it is actually due set out uh, the models of cannabis regulation that were considered. And uh, one of them were, amongst others, uh, the regulation of cannabis through a commercialized model. Um, it must be pointed out that the department cannot promote such legislation. Uh, it's in the ambit of other departments. And uh, clause one two of the bill do provide for the promotion of other legislation that may deal with commercialization of cannabis. Uh, in terms of uh, Nixia B, what was considered were, amongst others, um, decriminalization. That means that uh, a contravention attracts a civil penalty, something that is not readily provided for um, in the Criminal Procedure Act. Uh, we did consider uh, commercialization and the problem, or rather the, the restriction there to were also pointed out, namely that um, we may uh, not comply with the international drug conventions. In the document, there's also a discussion of uh, the basis that can be used uh, to justify uh, our deviation from our obligations. That's in relation to uh, constitutional rights that needs to be protected. Um, that argument was also used by Canada and other countries that legalize uh, cannabis for recreational use. Um, in paragraph 122, uh, again, there's various criticisms against the bill uh, regarding uh, a lack of consultation and uh, also that uh, it might impact on uh, certain rights of other people, amongst others, indigenous customs. Uh, and uh, I think this was already discussed to a large extent, so I will not go into detail with the comment. Um, in paragraph 1.23, uh, a remark is made that it was not aligned with the drug master plan, uh, which recognizes inappropriate of criminalization and uh, proposes alternative measures to deal with drug related issues. Previously, it was pointed out, yes, in respect of drug abuse, it can be handled um, through other measures than uh, criminalization. But currently, the bill aims to regulate uh, private use of cannabis, and criminalization is necessary to ensure compliance with uh, the regulatory measures. That is, amongst others, to protect others against the arms of cannabis. And uh, one of the main aspects that is um, 
uh, criminalized in the context of the bill is that the measures aims to ensure that there is no large-scale dealing in cannabis and uh, it also mainly protect children against um, dorms associated therewith. Paragraph uh, 1.24. Uh, Remarkers, amongst others, made that the bill doesn't comply with the prince judgment, and uh, they indicate that if it's passed in law, it will be challenged. Um, I already discussed the scope of the bill, so I will not discuss this further in detail. But the important thing that is raised is that relating to Rastafarian communities as well as other indigenous communities um, who do not view cannabis as a psychoactive substance. And uh, they do refer to the fact that uh, cannabis is used by the Rastafarian community at cultural gatherings or celebrations. And they also remark that the bull do discriminate against Rastafarians and other indigenous communities. And they do propose a self-regulatory framework in respect of Rastafarians. Uh, in this regard, I must refer the committee to the judgment Prince versus President of the Royal Society of the Cape of Good Hope. Although it's indicated as the Prince 1 judgment, it's actually referred to as the Prince 2 judgment in other um, judgments. And um, this specific aspects will challenge, amongst others, that um, the prohibition of cannabis abuse um, impacts on religious and um, cultural rights. Uh, and uh, in that case, it was a split judgment. Uh, but all the judges actually did accept that, yes, um, the criminalization in terms of the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act and the Medicines Act at that time do uh, impact on uh, the freedom of religion uh, and the practice of a religion and uh, that uh, it is important rights in a society such as South Africa. But uh, three of the judges come to the conclusion that the limitation was justifiable on the basis that uh, the Drugs Act and the Medicines Act aims to give effect to our international obligations and the war against drugs. And uh, that judges came to the conclusion that exemption will adversely affect law enforcement and that it cannot be practically be enforced. However, three other judges, uh, namely Judge Nakubu, Sachs and Mukuru, however, do point out that uh, uh, exemption may be provided for in that legislation to cater for um, the use and possession of cannabis by Rastafarians. Um, and uh, our submission is that uh, since it has already been recognized previously, uh, we may probably, on the basis of the Prince One judgment, 
consider a religious exemption. Must refer the committee to, amongst others, uh, judgments in the United States where this was also recognized. Um, and uh, we can probably consider this uh, in the finalization of the bill. Jamaica uh, do provide for a religious exemption in respect of uh, Rastafarians. Uh, so that is a indication that other countries already um, do give effect to such a suggestion. Uh, okay, then in paragraph 125, um, the Rastafari National Council indicate that the bill is unconstitutional and cannabis should be a schedule zero substance in terms of the Medicines Act. Uh, and again, I can only refer to the Prince judgment and uh, indicate that the bill gives effect to the Prince judgment and um, that uh, we cannot amend the Medicines Act and that cannabis should in any case not be regarded as a schedule zero substance in terms of the Medicines Act due to the fact that it is a psychotropic drug. Uh, 126, I think it's to a large extent already discussed and uh, since it deals with uh, the current medicinal use of cannabis as well as the fact that uh, According to the author, there's no real arms associated with cannabis use. Um, in paragraph 1.26b, uh, concern is raised regarding the policing of the act and the impact thereof on the right of privacy. Um, and that it may allow police to actually search persons without clearly defined grounds. The response there too is that uh, criminal investigations is regulated in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act, mainly Section 21 of the CPA, and uh, which required mainly a warrant before a search can be conducted. And the warrant will only be issued if there's reasonable grounds for believing that uh, article is concerned in an offence. In paragraph 1.27, uh, the mark is made that uh, the bill continues to adopt a prohibitionary approach to um, drug use. Uh, that it is pr uh, probably contrary to the drug policy. And uh, they do refer to the inappropriateness of uh, criminal sanction. Um, for drug abuse and uh, references made to the fact that the bill must be or should have been finalized in conjunction with other departments. Um, our response there is already indicated beforehand. Yes, we do recognize insofar as it relates to um, drug abuse, that uh, prohibition or criminalization is probably not 
the correct approach. Uh, the offenses contemplated in the bill uh, aims to address dealing cannabis and predict others against the health of cannabis. Um, and uh, I also indicate that uh, if uh, those prohibitions is not in place in terms of the bill, uh, it will be really difficult to enforce uh, or regulate cannabis that has been legalized. Um, in paragraph 128, reference is made to the State of the Nation Address of 13 February 2020, where uh, it was indicated that uh, South Africa is going to uh, build a hemp industry in line with global trends. And uh, again, it's remarked that the bill did not provide for this. Other legislation needs to be promoted to give effect to um, what was stated in the State of the Nation address and uh, wider consultation involvement of other portfolio committees, uh, or rather, other portfolio committees should be involved. Um, in the bill and wider consultation should have been done on the bill. Um, again, our response there too is that uh, bill does not give effect to uh, industrialization of cannabis. Uh, it, however, do remove him from the prohibition in the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act and do provide for the legal cultivation of hemp uh, if other legislation is promoted. The bill cannot do that. Other departments must do it. And clause 1.2 of the bill uh, do regulate this aspect. Schindler's at paragraph 1.23, amongst others, um, do refer to the fact that uh, our obligations in terms of the international drug control regime is subject to our constitutional dispensation. And uh, that uh, in terms of our obligations, such uh, or rather drugs need not be regulated through um, a criminal justice process, amongst others which prescribe harsh penalties and according to them as contrary to the judgment and the right to privacy. Um, and our response there too is yes, we acknowledge that uh, our obligations under the international drug control regime subject to the constitution, but uh, that the bill only give effect to the Nela exemption and the Prince judgment, which was granted on constitutional grounds, namely uh, private use um, by adult of cannabis. Um, I already do, uh, did explain um, that Annexure B do provide um, information regarding other constitutional rights that may be relevant and which can be considered if commercialization of cannabis uh, becomes a policy of government. Um, And uh, in terms of paragraph 126B, it's remarked that the Prince judgment 
uh, already regarded criminalization as disproportionate wrongs associated with personal use of cannabis. And it's remarked that the provisions of the bill, which criminalize conduct relating to uh, personal use, is therefore not a justifiable limitation in terms of Section 36 of the Constitution uh, on some protected rights. Um, and uh, our response there too is that uh, the objection to the bill on the basis of the Prince judgment regarding criminalization uh, that is considered not disproportionate to arms associated with personal use and consumption of cannabis must be strictly interpreted in the context of personal use only. That is the exemption granted by the Prince judgment. And uh, obviously, if no restrictions are placed regarding uh, cultivation of cannabis and associated activities, uh, or restrict that to a private place, it will be extremely difficult to enforce um, the bill. And uh, I already indicated previously that uh, other countries have certain uh, similar uh, measures in place and uh, to enforce uh, the regulation of cannabis. Uh, paragraph 129C, uh, it's correctly remarked that the Medicines and Related Substances Act is currently the only other applicable legislation that authorizes commercial activities in respect of cannabis, and that other legislation must be promoted to deal with commercialization in terms of Section 1-2. And uh, our response there too is, yes, it's correct that uh, the Medicines and Related Substances Act do provide for uh, medicinal cultivation of cannabis, and uh, that other legislation is required uh, to deal with the commercialization of cannabis City. Uh, that, uh, uh, on that note, uh, Mr. Robertson. Commercialization may contribute substantially to the Mr. Robertson. Mr. Robertson. Okay, jobs and um, to implement Mr. Robertson. or facilitate the implementation of other measures um, that can be used uh, to address the arms of cannabis. Mr. Robertson. Um, and we do recognize that commercialization of cannabis for recreational purposes can contribute substantially to the economy. Um, but similar to alcohol and tobacco, um, there will also be certain resultant arms. Mr. Um, Robertson. From Mr. Robertson. through commercialization. And uh, Mr. Robertson. Can I continue? No. Uh, I was just saying that... Paragraph uh, 131. Mr. Robertson, can you hear me? Um, there is again a reference, or the commentator... Sorry, Chair. Yes, can you, can you contact I, Mr. Robertson? 
Yes, Chair. I, I've tried to mute him. I think he might be hearing us now, but uh, when he's, I muted him myself so that he can take note that you are speaking. Uh, yes, uh, please communicate with him that we take a break, a 15 minutes break uh, to absorb everything that he has said. Uh, let's come back at 11. It's a tea break. Thank you. No teacher. Noted, thanks. Fifteens, noted. Rasta Farai. Noted, thanks, Chair.
extremely high amount of THC. Uh, in respect of the uh, definition of cannabis plant, um, this remark that the idea of defining each part of the cannabis plant and having a different regulation for each is outrageous. How is the South African Police Service going to enforce this? And I do refer to the fact that um, it's many two classes of cannabis plants that is provided for in the definition, namely immature cannabis plants, that is non-flowering cannabis plants, and flowering cannabis plants. And uh, that is also very relevant um, to um, the cannabis plant equivalent provision. Um, I must indicate that uh, a flowering cannabis plant is actually a cannabis plant that contains the fruit that is usually smoked or used, immature cannabis plant that doesn't have um, the fruits. In paragraph 2.4.B, uh, and the question um, is raised mainly to how the bill deals with the this of the cannabis. I already discussed this in detail previously, and it is indicated that the imp is excluded um, from the limitations of the bill if cultivated under other legislation that authorize its cultivation. Um, I just remarked that to separate the plant genus into respective uses for purpose of prohibition and criminalization is unconstitutional. And um, our submission in this regard is that it is necessary. Uh, and we need to regulate it as such to deal with uh, personal use. Um, paragraph D, the marketing definition of cannabis plant that attempts to exclude hemp is considered impractical due to fact to differentiate between cannabis and hemp for most part of the growth cycle. Our submission is that the growth cycle of hemp and cannabis is exactly the same. It usually starts with germination. After that, there's a vegetative state, then pre-flowering and flowering. And obviously, after that, uh, we see development. Paragraph 2.5 deals uh, with the definition of a child. And um, I must refer to the fact that uh, uh, the, pre the professors um, that previously did deal with arms associated with cannabis did refer to the fact that um, cannabis may have um, a significant impact on brain development uh, on uh, Adolescents, that's persons under the age of 25 years. Um, and in our response, we do refer to the foreign position, and that is in uh, Canada. The Cannabis Act requires 18 years or older. 
Um, that is the allowable age limit for a person to um, use and possess cannabis. Under 18 years is excluded. So they are the pro protected group in terms of that legislation. Similar to provincial legislation, um, there is an um, age limit of 19 years, which is slightly higher. So everybody under 19 years is a protected age group in terms of their legislation. In the United States, in most of the legislation, uh, if not all, um, Legal cannabis uh, use is only extended to a person of 21 years or older. Australian capital territories um, actually legalize the use of cannabis for persons 18 years or older. Uruguay similarly required um, a person to be 18 years or older to use cannabis. In Applicable South African legislation, Liquor Act, amongst others, provides for 18 years um, for the age limit to legally use alcohol or liquor. Um, and there was an amendment proposed uh, that this age limit be increased to 21 years, but I do not think that bill has been promoted. And also in terms of our tobacco product control legislation, um, the requirement for legal use or acquiring of tobacco is 18 years or older. Regarding the definition of considerations, that is discussed in paragraph 2.6, and um, the remark is made that considerations should be restricted to compensation involving money. Uh, and our submission is no, we cannot do that since uh, consideration in the context of dealing my benefits that is um, paragraph 2.7 deals with the definition of dealing. Uh, and um, it's just a remark that is made that. Uh, Mr. Robertson, can you repeat your last sentence about uh, consideration with regards to Delia? You got cut. Mr. Robertson? Mr. Chairperson? Yes. Mr. Chairperson? Can you hear you? Mr. Twenjani, can you contact Mr. Robertson? Only oh, chair. Yeah.
Sayo. Mr. Roberts, we can hear you now. The Chipperson was addressing you. Uh, Mr. Chipperson, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Can I was saying that? Can you repeat your last paragraph when we are dealing with uh, consideration and dealing? Okay. Um, there was a proposal that the definition of consideration should be restricted to compensation involving money only. Um, our response there too is that uh, that uh, the definition of consideration is very relevant to dealing in, and it in some instances may involve other benefits in exchange uh, for cannabis. Amongst others, obviously, I can provide a house to a person in exchange for uh, 10,000 kilograms of cannabis. Regarding the definition and dealing, uh, uh, the remark is that uh, this is still rooted in understanding that the cannabis industry is filled with drug lords. We can only take no day off, but our submission is that uh, the criminalization of dealing in cannabis is necessary to enforce uh, the bill and the limited exemption provided for in the Prince judgment. Um, paragraph 2.8, um, a remark is made in respect of the definition of dried cannabis. And uh, according to the author, this doesn't make sense as the drying process begins the minute after the flower and leaves have been separated from the plant. Uh, it's acknowledged that it's correct. It starts then. Uh, but however, uh, if you look at other legislation in other countries, they do deal with this dried cannabis uh, equivalent and definition is also based on. Um, and our submission is that whether cannabis has been dried, of course, for objective evaluation, um, and that may involve, amongst others, the fact that cannabis can be smoked. Obviously, you cannot smoke with cannabis. And furthermore, um, whether it's dried can also be indicated, amongst others, through the fact that it may be crumbled uh, by means of a person through his fingers or rolled in his palm of his hand. Definition of fresh cannabis, the comment that was made in this regard is what part of the cannabis plant is referred to here. And um, they do indicate that the lease of a cannabis plant contains significant lower THC uh, than the flowers um, of uh, cannabis plant. And uh, our explanation relates mainly to clarification of the definition. And we do say that fresh cannabis is basically the part of the plant defined in the definition of cannabis, namely flowering of fruiting tops and leaves of a cannabis plant that have been separated from the plant. And obviously that have not been subject to a drying process. Um, I must indicate that the main parts of a cannabis uh, plant that's used for recreational purposes is mainly the bats or the flowers. And uh, in some instances, the bats and flowers is accompanied with the leaves. Obviously, some of the leaves of the cannabis plant 
do only have a significant amount of THC. Regarding the definition of hemp, um, it's again raised that hemp must not be determined on the basis of the EU or North American standards and uh, our responses to the bill actually lift in the hands of other functioning to determine an appropriate percentage of TSC. It's obviously that uh, in South Africa's climate, we may not be able to comply with the open two or open three THC limit. Uh, and paragraph 210B mainly deals with the same aspect. Uh, paragraph 2.11 deals with the definition of immature cannabis plant um, and uh, remark is made that each strain is different and depending on growth, uh, it may be different. Uh, and according to the author, it's unscientific to propose blanket measurements and criteria um, that should be applied thereto. Um, an immature cannabis plant, I think, uh, is the main um, indicator here, is that uh, it should not be flowering or do not have bats that can be smoked. Currently, in the definition, we do refer to a height and width limitation. It's 15 centimeters by 15 centimeters. Obviously, uh, one can cultivate a mature cannabis plant, probably close to that or maybe just slightly exceeding that, uh, that is flowering. Uh, for purposes of the bill, this height and width limitation is there to distinguish it from uh, cannabis plant cultivation material, um, uh, which includes seedlings, and uh, it's probably necessary, but it can be removed. So this will be considered if we refine the bill further. Uh, okay, in paragraph 2.12, uh, that deals with the prescribed quantity, uh, which mainly relates to uh, clause 2, uh, and the prescribed quantities is contained in Schedule 3 of the bill. Um, and the first question is asked is, what harm is prevented by criminalizing uh, a person who cultivates or possesses more than a prescribed quantity? Now, submission is that uh, the prescribed quantities ensure that cannabis use is restricted to private use. If there's no limitation, on prescribed quantities, obviously, it will facilitate dealing with cannabis. And uh, I must refer the committee to the fact that the prescribed quantities in Schedule 3 of the bill, that is what a person may cultivate and possess for personal use, is quite liberal if compared with the limitations in foreign jurisdictions. So we may, can, may have to consider this uh, if you revise the bill. Are they most probably downward? And um, the second response there to uh, relates to the question, 
whether a person who grows cannabis, uh, other than for consuming it, whether that is covered uh, in a prescribed quantities. Uh, example is used, namely where a person uses it as a perimeter hatch or cultivated as for cattle fodder. And uh, our response there too is that personal use as defined in section one, one of the act, um, to specify that it's for the exclusive use of an adult person. And uh, it's our submission that if cannabis is used for other purposes other than consumption, it will still be covered by uh, the bill and is subject to the same limitations. It is obvious the reason, otherwise each and every person that has, that has uh, 10,000 cannabis plants would tell you that it's not for personal consumption, but it is for cattle food. And that is mainly also to address and restrict the availability of cannabis. Uh, in paragraph B, the uh, question is asked, what about persons who wish to self-medicate? And uh, my submission is that uh, we should probably consider a suitable amendment to accommodate uh, this aspect. Um, but it will be subject to certain restrictions um, regarding the quantity that may be possessed and the amount of plants uh, that may be cultivated. I may refer the committee, amongst others, again to the um, Canadian Cannabis Act. We do provide for that. And I think it's Regulation 274 that was enacted in terms of the Act. They do regulate uh, this aspect. Um, and a similar amendment will be proposed during the revision of the bill. Uh, and then uh, a question is asked, why regulate the growing position of a plant uh, instead of the legitimate and illegitimate uses thereof? And the person then referred to poppies that may be grown and uh, resultant heroin that should be criminalized. And uh, our submission is again is that by limiting the antecedents of the offenses uh, of dealing with cannabis, it's necessary, amongst others, to curb uh, first the growing of cannabis in excessive quantity. Um, and regarding the example that was provided by Schindler's, I must refer to the fact that uh, the growing of poppies um, that can be used to in the manufacturing of morphine is already uh, criminalized in terms of the Drugs and Drugs Act, Trafficking Act, and it's also um, criminalized in terms, or should be criminalized in terms of our international drug obligations. Um, which specifically do deal with uh, uh, poppies and poppy straw. Uh, and again, um, the question is raised, on one basis can the South African police enter a person's private space to enforce the legislation? I already referred to the fact that uh, 
This is regulated in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act, and uh, it's not necessary to discuss it any further. Uh, according to Fields of Green, uh, they indicate that they worked with various scientists, and uh, those scientists actually uh, came to the conclusion that cannabis is harmless. Uh, on a physical level. Um, and uh, they then recommend that uh, a user of cannabis should set their own limitations on how much should be used or what they need for their purposes. And uh, our response there too is, uh, it is acknowledged that no person has today died from cannabis use or a cannabis overdose. Uh, but again, the prescribed limitations are necessary to restrict uh, the availability of cannabis to personal use only and to prohibit dealing in cannabis and to protect others against resultant harm um, if uh, it's not regulated. Uh, and again, I must point out and stress the fact that the quantities in the bill is above those in foreign jurisdictions in most instances. Um, in paragraph G, uh, references made to uh, the limitation or restriction in the context of uh, religious or cultural um, milieu, and I already indicated that uh, this may be considered uh, in the revision of the bill. <laughs> um, the remark is made that, uh, again, that uh, the prescribed quantities may not be sufficient for each and every person. Uh, and that the limitations are not based on rationale considerations. If we look at the arms and benefits of cannabis, uh, and that uh, according to the author, the right to privacy as interpreted in the Prince judgment, uh, determined that a person may set his own needs regarding the quantity of cannabis that may be cultivated or um, cannabis that may be possessed. And uh, in our response, I do refer to the fact that in terms of the Prince judgment, uh, paragraph 79, what is stipulated there is that small quantities should be legalized or decriminalized for personal consumption. Paragraph 80 again. Um, the court refer, amongst others, to the small quantities in foreign jurisdictions that have been decriminalized for personal use. Um, in paragraph 81, there's again a reference to the fact that uh, 
small quantities um, can be decriminalized for personal use. And furthermore, although not indicated here, and it was discussed previously, is that Parliament must set the small quantity amount in terms of the Prince judgment. So the, 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 the determination that needs to be made is a safe quantity for personal use. And that emanates from the Prince judgment itself. And um, regarding the quantities that is in the bill, uh, we did consider most foreign legislation that legalize cannabis for personal use. And again, the quantities is quite liberal. Uh, and uh, this remark regarding the fact that prescribed quantities for personal use, it's in paragraph I, are inadequate for traditional healers who require cannabis in their work. And so they request the uh, amendment to this aspect, uh, in this respect. Um, and our submission is that uh, this must be regulated in terms of the traditional health practitioners act and uh, the bill must not do this. Uh, it falls within the domain of the Department of Health to promote legislation if needed um, to cater for this aspect. And obviously also uh, if there's already legislation in place, it will fall within the ambit of paragraph one, uh, subs, section one, two of the bill. And by implication, um, if other legislation do provide uh, for exceeded quantities for traditional health purposes, uh, they will be excluded from the provisions of the bill. Um, there's a reference to the fact that just um, the foreign communities, amongst others, um, share cannabis between themselves and uh, the prescribed quantities uh, regarding the supply and receipt of cannabis as contemplated in clause 2.3 is inadequate for these purposes. This will be considered uh, during the revision of the bill uh, regarding a possible religious or cultural exemption. Uh, Okay, this a commentator indicated that um, if a person use cannabis oil for health reasons, four cannabis plants are not sufficient to provide a year supply of extraction. Uh, insofar as it relates to medicinal use of cannabis uh, and the cultivation thereof by a person. For own medical use, I already indicated that uh, this can be regulated uh, by uh, amendment to the bill. Uh, however, for health reasons, uh, the bill cannot uh, go beyond prescribed quantities that is currently catered for in the bill. In paragraph L, um, 
commentator indicated that uh, cannabis plants must be increased significantly to 3,500 bottles to 50,000 per household. Obviously, we cannot accommodate that in this bill. Uh, since we aim to regulate the personal use and cultivation of cannabis. The paragraph 2.13 deals with the definition of a private place. And um, there is a request that the definition of a private place should be extended to include places used for cultural and religious purposes. This will be considered during the revision of the bill to provide for um, religious or cultural exemption. Uh, and we can probably accommodate that. Uh, definition of smoke. If, uh, a remark is made that the definition excludes vaporized cannabis, which does not involve the definition of cannabis. Uh, and our submission is that uh, we will consider this aspect uh, and we will propose an appropriate amendment uh, to that extent to extend the position of smoke uh, to vaporized cannabis. Uh, regarding definition of a trafficable quantity, it's merely a remark that the language uh, is prohibition in the form is a concern. We can only know that it's just a, a term that was assigned to uh, a certain quantity of cannabis uh, for purposes of regulation. That's all. New definitions uh, dealt with in paragraph. 2.16 and um, supplemental use definition is requested and this will be considered during uh, the revision of the bill. Uh, there is a suggestion that we should insert a definition of medical practitioner in the bill uh, and that must be seen against um, the comments that uh, the law must also provide for medicinal use of cannabis or use of cannabis by traditional healers. Our submission is this cannot be accommodated in terms of the law. Reason is that uh, Medicines Act and the Traditional Health Practitioners Act already deal with this aspect. Okay. Now we are with clause two of the bill, it's with schedule three of the bill, and that provides for um, the allowable quantities that may be used and which is prescribed in schedule three of the bill. Um, I must indicate that um, the Prescribed quantities definition um, is also very relevant here. Obviously, since uh, clause two restricts um, private use to certain prescribed quantities. Okay, first, the bill provides for 
stringent requirement to cultivate and consume cannabis in private, um, which, according to the author, exclude various persons who lack space to cultivate and consume cannabis in private. And uh, it is submitted by the author that the bill will discriminate against poor by imposing de facto prohibitions um, on the cultivation and use of cannabis. And this may give rise to illicit markets to obtain cannabis. Our submission is that uh, in terms of the definition of private place, uh, it is widely defined as any place, including a house, room, shed, etc., to which the public does not have access as of right. And it is further referred to the fact that um, regulations contemplated in Section 32B uh, may regulate. Um, the cultivation of cannabis in a private place. And um, when the definition was framed, we did take into account that the Prince of Judgment, uh, which amongst others stipulate that um, a private place is not restricted to a dwelling or a private place, but it should be dealt with on the basis that um, it should be in a place that is considered as private. Um, that's in paragraph 85 of the judgment. Um, and again, I must refer to paragraph 108 of the Prince judgment, which states similarly that um, it's not confined to a home or a private place but it should be a place that's at least considered private. Um, in paragraph 3.3, concern is raised that uh, every section in the bill is subject to every other section in the bill. And according to the author, this is unnecessary. Um, our submission is, however, that uh, the phrase subject to this act uh, in clause two is required by necessary implication. And that is to indicate that uh, the provisions that regulate uh, the private use of cannabis is by implication restricted to restricted by and subject to other provisions of the bill. It uh, mainly clears the bill and um, make it easily to understand. In paragraph 3.4, it's remarked that in terms of the definition of personal use, uh, that uh, Cannabis consumption and possession remains criminalized uh, in respect of children. We must refer to uh, the LM and three others' judgment. It was uh, a case where the constitutionality of Section 4B of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act 
was challenged on the basis that the Prince judgment um, excluded children uh, from the ambit of the reading. And it was mainly challenged on the basis that um, it amounted to a status offense, uh, which is not allowed either in South Africa or other constitutional dispensations. Um, and uh, the effect of this judgment is to the effect that uh, although um, cannabis use and possession by children, um, can it be criminalized? And the bill also do not aim to criminalize this. But I must refer to the fact that there's various offenses in the bill where conduct of children is criminalized, amongst others, clauses 3, 6, 9, and that relates to dealing in cannabis plants, possession of cannabis plants in a public place, uh, section 4.1, uh, which criminalized the possession above the prescribed quantity in a public place, uh, clause 4.5, which criminalized dealing in cannabis uh, and various other provisions. However, I must refer to the fact that we do affect certain amendments to the Child Justice Act and the schedule to the bill to ensure that uh, certain offenses of a less serious nature will be considered as a Schedule 1 offense. And the effect thereof is that a, a child uh, will not be arrested uh, unless there are certain exceptional circumstances and also not be detained. And that um, uh, such offences is subject to a Schedule 1 diversion. Paragraph 3.5. Um, actually, I do acknowledge the fact that uh, the law did provide for greater amounts of cannabis for personal use. Um, if considered uh, in the context of legislation of other jurisdictions. Uh, in paragraph 3.6, uh, this remark that the bill should consider uh, private cannabis clubs um, to use, grow, and obviously also exchange cannabis between members in the same. Um, and our response is yes. Um, it is acknowledged that in certain jurisdictions, uh, cannabis clubs are implemented in respect of uh, private use of cannabis. But uh, we did consider that, but the regulatory measures in respect thereof is quite substantial. Uh, it requires oversight license, inspections, amongst others, ensure compliance with uh, the strain of cannabis that may be planted, which is considered a safe and personal use, 
And um, it's our submission that it will be impractical in the South African situation to provide for uh, cannabis clubs uh, in relation to the private use and consumption of alcohol. Um, paragraph 3.7. Uh, it is uh, indicated that uh, the prescribed quantities in Section 21A is insufficient, but uh, it must be seen against the recommendations of One Life, who actually proposed commercialization. Uh, and uh, our response there too is the same that uh, there need to be a limitation for personal quantities used. Um, and it's very essential to enforce the limited exemption of the prince judgment. And uh, in paragraph 3.8, the um, question is asked, how were these quantities or prescribed quantities determined? And uh, our response there too is that we did consider legislation in foreign jurisdictions and uh, that uh, the prescribed quantities are substantially in line with foreign legislation. In paragraph uh, 3.9, it's remark. Um, that um, the, uh, rather in paragraph 3.9, um, the question is asked why uh, does clause 2.1c provide so that other person may for personal use possess in private a prescribed quantities in a public place? And why does clause 2.1d provide that the other person may for personal use possess a prescribed quantity of cannabis in a private place? So it's a different quantity regarding the places in which this or cannabis may be possessed. And um, our submission is that the obvious reason for this distinction is that uh, possession of cannabis in a public place is mostly associated with dealing cannabis and that a lesser amount should be prescribed in respect thereof, uh, thereby limiting the availability of cannabis and criminalizing uh, any uh, exuberant amount that is possessed in public. In uh, paragraph 3.10, question is asked, uh, why can't a person who is not in position to cultivate their own cannabis plants request another to cultivate cannabis plants in their behalf in private? And again, I must refer to the Prince judgment to actually make it quite clear that uh, the exemption only relates to the cultivation of a cannabis plant by an adult in private for his or her own personal consumption. So that is the limited exemption that is granted. Must also indicate that some foreign jurisdictions do allow for uh, cultivation by other person. Uh, but um, in the South African context, 
my submission is that uh, we should not allow this uh, obvious uh, dames to restrict cultivation and dealing in cannabis. Uh, since any person can probably say, I possessed four kilogram cannabis that was cultivated or more for four other persons. Uh, in foreign jurisdictions where this is large, it's um, actually quite strictly regulated and there's also certain limitations. And um, it's a, the objection is against, again raised. Um, why must there be prescribed quantities and why criminalize uh, persons that exceed the prescribed quantity limitation? And I'm not going to discuss this again. It's already done with previously. Uh, paragraph C indicate that the prescribed quantities is something similar to the presumption in dealing in drugs, which was declared under unconstitutional in terms of the uh, was declared unconstitutional. Um, and our submission is no, it's not uh, reverse onus in this regard, but there's a real need um, to limit. Uh, the viability of cannabis through prescribed quantities to address harm. And uh, in paragraph D, question is raised, does the prescribed quantity limitation apply to a person who self-medicates? Um, currently, yes, the prescribed quantity limitation do apply to a person who self-medicates, but we will consider this during the revision of the Act to provide provide for appropriate exemption in this regard. Uh, then regarding prescribed quantities, uh, it is again asked that this be increased regarding religious and cultural activities, and this will be considered during the revision of the bill. And uh, we cannot, however, as provided or summarized in paragraph 311b, allow unlimited amounts of uh, cannabis or the cultivation of cannabis plants for religious purposes that will be strictly regulated and only in respect of and restricted to religious and cultural activities. Uh, Paragraph 3.12, in respect of clause 2.2, uh, there's a remark that no restriction should be imposed on how much a person may consume as long as it is in a private place. My submission is there is no restriction on the quantity of cannabis that may be consumed in private uh, in terms of the bill. However, there's a limitation on how much you can possess in a private place. Paragraph 3.13, uh, it's remarked that there should be no restrictions on sharing of cannabis or cannabis cultivation materials between adults. My submission is this cannot be accommodated um, in general. Uh, 
But in respect of a religious and cultural exemption, we may consider this. But again, I must remark this will be strictly regulated then. Uh, important aspect that maybe may need to be considered relates to clause 2 3. And uh, it's remarked that uh, the current provision is unclear since it may be interpreted as a once off exchange. And so do not actually provide how many times a person may share cannabis or cannabis cultivation material with the other adult without um, compensation. Uh, my submission is that clause 2.3 should be interpreted as per occasion, uh, but it will be clarified in the redrafting of the bill. <laughs> Further, um, in respect of clause 23A, uh, it is remarked that uh, that clause allows adult persons to give and receive cannabis plant material without compensation. Uh, but it is also indicated then that uh, the bill further criminalize the dealing in cultivation material. And uh, according to a commentator, the Prince judgment by implication authorizes the selling and buying of cannabis seeds, and it requests that it will be amended to facilitate the trading in cannabis seeds. Um, my submission is that, uh, firstly, uh, currently the only means how you can acquire cannabis plant cultivation material is to share it or to share it with other or receive it from other adult person. Because once you do allow for option that legislation can be promoted to regulate dealing with cannabis plant cultivation material. I will however discuss this aspect more in more detail when I deal with uh, clause 3.7. Clause four deals, uh, clause three rather, and paragraph four of the summary and the responses there too, deals with the cultivation offenses. Um, the first remark is that uh, there should not be any restricted restriction on Rastafarians to cultivate cannabis plants. My submission is that uh, the Drugs Act and Medicines Act has to date um, criminalize that, although it is recognized in terms of the Prince judgment that Rastafarians may be accommodated. It is, however, subject uh, to certain justifiable limitations, and obviously, legislation needs to be enacted, or this will need to be drafted to accommodate that. And um, if that is done, even if one considers the Prince One judgment who recognizes right, it doesn't actually allow unlimited availability of cannabis for the use for religious and cultivation purposes. So if a restriction or rather if exemption on a religious and cultural basis is, is considered, um, it will be strictly regulated as well in respect of the quantity that may be cultivated as well as the quantity of cannabis that may be possessed. 
In paragraph 4.2, um, questions asked. Sir, will... sir uh, Mr. Dupree, on that one, do you have any foreign jurisdiction for guidance? Um, Mr. Chairperson, I did previously indicate, uh, firstly, that um, there is the Jamaican legislation uh, that uh, do provide a religious exemption to the Rastafarian communities regarding the cultivation of cannabis plants and the possession thereof, use thereof, and transport thereof. I did refer to the fact that there is foreign legislation. I think it started mostly in the United States. I think the first one was um, the Smith Judgment. And there was a 2006 judgment um, by the U.S. Supreme Court who did provide a religious exemption um, in respect of uh, drug use for religious purposes. Um, but other than the legislation in Jamaica, there's no real legislation um, that I could find uh, to regulate this aspect. Even in South African legislation, there is um, some exemptions that um, are provided on a religious basis. I think uh, the first one is in relation to fireworks. Um, where it can... Uh, the prohibition against um, the use thereof uh, is actually exempt, is lifted for religious purposes. Um, and there is uh, another piece of legislation that provides for a similar exemption. So this is something that needs to be crafted afresh. Um, I just collect uh, most material. But if this is allowed, obviously, uh, the circumstances that uh, under which it may, must take place or under which an exemption is allowed should be strictly regulated. Firstly, in respect of the place where it's cultivated, um, the harvesting thereof, the storing thereof, and obtaining thereof and use thereof for religious purposes. If we do consider um, such religious or cultural exemption, uh, it may be appropriate um, to consult with uh, the various uh, stakeholders um, that represent the Rastafarian communities during the public hearings um, to formalize and finalize such an exemption. I must refer to, amongst others, uh, the Prince One's judgment. Um, where it was indicated that there is certain problems regarding the regulatory structure uh, applicable to Rastafarian communities and that not all Rastafarian belong to a specific church or a house, etc. Um, but this will be considered if we formalize and consider such an exemption. And if necessary, we may request the committee either to uh, probably ask the Rastafarian community to assist in such legislation. Some of the comments um, relating there to do make provision um, for such an exemption or at least discuss it. Um, we have considered it, but uh, there is certain uh, shortcomings um, in the proposals that were made.
Thank you. Uh, so, Mr. Mr. Roberts, uh, um, the consultation with the Rastafarian community, um, are you going to make advertisement again to invite them to make a representation to, to the department? Uh, Mr. Chairperson, um, in the past, in some kind of, uh, in some legislation, even uh, when during the consideration of the bill, um, certain stakeholders uh, have been invited to assist the committee in finalizing that legislation. This can be approached on um, either that or the department can do it from its side. Uh, when we consider such legislation, uh, mainly to consult with each and every available uh, person uh, that may represent the Rastafarian community, and then um, formalize uh, such legislation and um, send it out for comments and responses to them, and uh, take the comments and responses as well as the proposed um, amendment to the bill to Parliament. So it's either that. Uh, we can, form, we can finalize an amendment from the departmental side and consult there on, and then approach the committee. The other thing is that the committee can probably also um, accommodate the Rastafarian community uh, to make additional proposals in this regard um, to the committee, which will then be considered by the department. So that is the two options. Um, can we have a brief discussion, members, on that? Um, should we take a view that uh, maybe we should give department time, especially between now and early next year, to consult with uh, all the relevant stakeholders with respect to this exemption for religious purposes, or should we do it ourselves? Honorable Nigo Trachens, followed by Honorable Pretenbach. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, just a moment. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Um, yeah, there were many comments or submissions uh, with regards or in concerns by the Rastafarian community. And I think I would support that the Rastafarian community make more submissions or there's more consultation with them. Um, I, I think, you know, we can't, um, you know, confine them to the medical bill or the medical um, medicines bill or, you know, any specific one bill. So I think there needs to be more consultation with the Rastafarian community indeed, yes. Thank you, Honorable Pregerberg. Sorry, struggling to unmute. Uh, Mr. Chair, I think it would be much more helpful if the department uh, dealt with the matter than if we did. Thank you. Okay. Can we take it that uh, we will, uh, after tomorrow, 
uh, is one of the points that we are making a decision on that, uh, that after tomorrow, after we have gone through the responses, we are going to give the department enough time to consult with the relevant stakeholders, primarily the Rastafarian community. So that uh, when we come back, maybe after the um, after the state of the nation, when we start processing uh, the bill, uh, then they would have done the, the consultations. Uh, I don't see any objection to that. Um, can I take it that is a decision that we are taking as the committee? Yes, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, we can proceed, Mr. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, paragraph 4.2 questions ask how were the prescribed quantities determined? And um, our responses again, we look at foreign legislation. Uh, but it must be indicated. Um, prescribed quantities also. Um, raise the penalties um, and um, if you look at most foreign legislation there's a, a large quantity or, or rather a list a large list of quantities that is prescribed as a subject to criminalization um, so in the south african context uh, we do not equate um, each and every quantity uh, or subdivision thereof to a penalty as considered in the bill. But uh, this may be considered um, if it's necessary. Um, that will probably also make it uh, more equitable regarding sentencing. But uh, I will discuss some aspects um, that impact on such a decision later on. Um, okay, there's a request that the bill must specifically make provision or specify that uh, the prohibitions does not apply to um, certain offences uh, that emanates from the lawful cultivation of cannabis plants under authority of license. Um, issued by SAPRA, our submission is, this is noted, this is not necessary, and uh, clause 1.2 of the bill already provides for this. Um, paragraph 4.4, again, relates to um, the possible religious or cultural exemption. Um, not going to discuss any further. Um, and so 4.5 relates to the previous remark that I made, and that is the, the proposed quantities in the schedule, which are regarded as trafficable quantities and commercial quantities uh, be increased to allow more leeway um, where a person exceed the quantities. Uh, this may be considered, but uh, in regard to the prescribed quantities, uh, there should be a certain limitation on how much leeway one can provide 
before it is the trafficable quantity and also a commercial quantity. So that will be considered. Um, then paragraph 4.6, uh, it's referred to uh, the fact that uh, if a person has cannabis in a public place or cultivated or exchanged, the same plant um, could result in different offenses with their own penalties, uh, and uh, which may arise from the same conduct. I don't think we need to worry about this. I think it's already clarified uh, in terms of uh, court decisions, so-called splitting of charges or duplication of conviction principle prevent multiple convictions and sentences, uh, mostly in respect of the same kind of conduct that is uh, subject to a prescription. Um, this remark that there should be no restriction on the cultivation of cannabis plants in a private place. Um, alternatively, that the quantities uh, in Schedule 4 should be significantly increased to 2,000 cannabis plants per person um, or 20,000 per household. And obviously, this cannot be accommodated in the context of the bill to give effect to the Prince judgment. And um, even in a Prince judgment, um, in paragraph, uh, I didn't indicate it, uh, 127, um, the court indicated that uh, regarding cultivation, uh, this will be dealing in the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. The amount of uh, cannabis that is possessed should uh, serve as an indicator whether it's for personal consumption or not. And uh, obviously, unlimited cultivation of cannabis plants in a private place will facilitate dealing in cannabis and uh, severely jeopardize the implementation in enforcement of the provisions of the bill. Um, paragraph 4.8, it's remarked that, um, that the prescribed quantities of uh, cultivation of cannabis plants discriminates against large families or households um, since um, there may be more than five people living in a house, for instance, and um, it is restricted to a certain limitation per dwelling. And our response in respect there too is that most foreign jurisdiction legislation provides for such a limitation. And uh, it's obviously that if we allow for each and every oath in the household to possess cannabis, one may end up with a quantity of cannabis plants 
uh, that's insufficient to actually uh, deal in cannabis. So our submission is that this should not be considered. Um, in paragraph 4.9, um, question is asked whether we considered uh, the South African context, uh, especially insofar as it relates to informal settlements uh, regarding um, the provisions that limit the accessibility of cannabis plants to a child. And so our submission, sorry, we have considered it, that's the first thing. And our second uh, remark in this regard is that there is a definite need to ensure that cannabis is not accessible to children and um, that the right of a child to trump other person's right to cultivate cannabis for recreational purposes. From a similar look at the tobacco legislation, as well as alcohol legislation, also provides for provision that limit access uh, of cannabis and alcohol to children. Um, there's a remark that expression... Uh, Honourable Mayor Drukhan has a hand up. Honourable Mayor Drukhan. Thank you, Chair. Um, I am not clear with regard to 4.8 and the response to 4.9, those two. The, the answer relates to the... The, the use in foreign jurisdictions in terms of households. Um, many houses in South Africa are overcrowded. And I'm not sure if in foreign jurisdictions they have overcrowded house houses as we do in South Africa. So we can't really compare it um, to other countries. That's the one. And then 4.9, I want clarity on the South African context as it relates to uh, human settlements, was that considered? And then the answer said, um, and then the answer is about children. I'm not, I'm not sure if that question raised was with regard to children. I think it was with regard to the overcrowding um, in the South African homes and, and that it should not be compared to foreign jurisdictions. So I just wanted clarity. I also wanted to ask um, if if I'm in my private home, the the quantity of cannabis that I have is obviously for one person. But now if there's more people there in the house who use cannabis, but they are not given the same quantity for each person in every home. So I'm, I'm really not clear on those two points there. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Lewis Drachens. Can you lower your hand? Thank you very much. Um, over to you, Mr. Robertson. Maybe you must indicate in your responses when you make reference to foreign jurisdiction, whether they are de from developed countries uh, developing countries or least developing countries. 
Well, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, regarding the quantity I can in 4.8, uh, most legislation is obviously from developing countries. Um, the exception being uh, that of Uruguay. Um, probably. Uh, but yes, it's developing countries. And um, regarding the amount of people that may live in a household in the South African context, it is acknowledged that um, it may to an extent discriminate or treat uh, larger families on an unequal basis with smaller families. But on the other hand, one must also consider um, the practical implications um, of the availability of a large quantity of cannabis plants if we do determine uh, a person to cannabis plant um, quantity restriction. Uh, let's say in some uh, households, there may be eight persons living in the house, adults. And um, the amount of cannabis plants that may be cultivated in that regard um, is quite substantial. If one cultivates a cannabis sativa uh, outside, a substantial amount of cannabis uh, may be harvested, therefore. Um, but it can be considered. Um, will this gave effect to the foreign jurisdiction limitations? And uh, we did consider this in South Africa. But um, our submission was that uh, we need to restrict it to ourselves. It can be changed, it's not cast in stone. But uh, the consequences thereof um, needs to be taken into account, since uh, the main aim of the bill is obviously first to curb dealing in cannabis. I must also remember that in some instances, uh, cannabis is not always cultivated among others um, outdoors. I can cultivate it in, um, let's call it a a cultivation room or a cupboard. And uh, the period for harvesting is limited, uh, or rather it's far lesser than where you cultivate cannabis outdoors. You can actually harvest cannabis cultivated indoors uh, probably uh, after every three months. So the availability thereof may um, give rise to certain problematic aspects. But let me rather provide an alternative solution to this. Um, I will mark it as uh, an aspect that needs to be considered. Um, sorry. Uh, if uh, 4.9 um, relates to 4.8, I think I did explain that. So also I can remember uh, one of 
what was actually raised by the Western Cape um, in that submission. I haven't got it before me currently. Um, mainly relates to the non-availability of a cannabis plant. Um, and in an informal settlement, it may be problematic. People live close by each other. Um, and what measures needs to be implemented to uh, restrict access uh, to cannabis plants by children? And uh, firstly, obviously, the main aim is to protect persons, uh, children against uh, the arms of cannabis by making it inaccessible to them. And uh, our response is that um, the right of the children to be protected against harm uh, trumps that of an adult person uh, to cultivate cannabis for recreational purposes. Um, so it is discussed in that, that context, but if 4.9 relates to a similar situation, in, is that discussed in 4.8? I think it is covered. But as far as I can remember, it relates to the availability of uh, cannabis and the measures that needs to be implemented to ensure that it is inaccessible to children. Um, is everything uh, answered? Honorable Nivait? And then I want to know what Trachas. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Proceed, Mr. Robertson. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Paragraph 4.10. Uh, it uh, relates to uh, the comment relates to a phrase in clause 3 to a which require reasonable measures to be implemented um, and in 3 to b um, there needs to be certain standards that need to be prescribed uh, regarding uh, uh, cannabis plant cultivation so according to the commentator uh, the reference to reasonable measures is quite vague and it is indicated that uh, the provisions should provide for accurate standards uh, in paragraph B regarding the cultivation of cannabis um, and things that must be addressed are amongst others the isolation of cannabis plant area area that must be safe and secure, size of grow rooms, etc. And uh, our response there too is that this may be considered um, if we revise the bill. Uh, paragraph 4.11 uh, referred to the fact that uh, in South Africa, Many people live in informal settlements, it's densely populated, and uh, do not actually have their own private space to grow or store cannabis. 
And uh, it's our submission that, uh, rather, uh, this is already addressed in the, uh, the previous discussion of paragraph eight um, and paragraph nine. Um, so it is a concern currently that uh, not all people regarding the uh, can implement security measures um, to ensure um, that cannabis is not available to children uh, if we look in the South African context. Now that is acknowledged. Uh, in paragraph 4.12, this is a mark that a person who do not live in a house with a private garden, we cannot cultivate cannabis plants. And a reference is also made uh, to a person who lives in a flat to a dwelling with no garden. We, there's a place where person, uh, children um, have access to uh, a possible place for cultivation of cannabis plants. Uh, and uh, according to the author, this actually restricts um, a person's um, ability to give effect to the act and that in such instances um, you will tend to uh, the illegal market uh, to get cannabis uh, and that is criminalized in terms of the act and uh, I must ref refer to the response um, that uh, private places defined in the law quite broadly um, as mainly any place um, to which the public doesn't have access as of right. And uh, I'll really refer to the interpretation that the private dwelling, but uh, it should be any place that is considered as private. Uh, Regarding the concern that uh, there may be instances where a person cannot cultivate his own cannabis plants, such uh, as the fact that uh, he lives in a formal settlement or a flat, etc., um, the only provision currently in the rule that may be resorted to is clause 3 2 that provides for uh, the exchange of cannabis without remuneration. But again, I must indicate the bill is substantially uh, based on legislation of foreign jurisdictions. And in most foreign jurisdictions, uh, a commercial model for recreational cannabis regulation has been implemented. And uh, the provisions in the bill uh, Although provided for in their legislation is something that is subsidiary to the commercial model. So in terms of foreign legislation, the person who cannot cultivate um, cannabis usually goes to a cannabis store, buys it, take it home and use it. The current South African situation do not allow it. And the bill cannot provide for that due to the limit 
uh, just to the extent that it only provides uh, for uh, the private use of cannabis and private cultivation of cannabis plants. Um, previously, it was uh, a mark was made that uh, cannabis plants may be considered in this regard. Um, in the South African context, I do not think that cannabis clubs will serve this purpose. Uh, the reasons, therefore, were already raised previously, amongst others, that uh, there needs to be oversight, needs to be police, uh, funding is required to implement such cannabis clubs, and uh, it's unlikely that uh, a cannabis club license uh, will generate sufficient revenue uh, to actually police or enforce cannabis club regulation in South Africa. Um, paragraph 4.13, smart uh, that there should be no restricted restriction on cannabis plants in public place. Uh, my submission is it should be restricted to name is to deal with uh, the dealing in cannabis. Uh, it's remarked that clause 3, 6, and 7 do not fully consider the commercial realities when prohibiting uh, the exchange of cannabis plants without, uh, sorry, uh, clauses 3, 6, and 7 does not consider the commercial realities when uh, it prohibits um, the exchange of cannabis plants, uh, cannabis plant regulation without the remuneration. Um, and again, I can only refer to foreign legislation, uh, the advantage of the commercial model, commercial model for recreational cannabis regulation um, do adequately deal with such aspects, but the bull cannot deal there with um, since it only it can only regulate the regulation, sorry, it can only regulate um, cultivation and use of cannabis within the ambit of the Prince judgment. Uh, references made to clause uh, two three of the bill that allows for the exchange of cannabis cultivation material without uh, remuneration. And uh, clause 3.7, criminalize uh, the exchange of cannabis plant cultivation material for remuneration. And uh, the question is then asked, how cannabis plant cultivation material can be obtained um, since there's no other law that provides for this um, and our response there is again, uh, exchange may take place without remuneration that is provided for in the law. Um, and I must refer to the Plant Breeders Rights Act, uh, and that regulates the trading and propagating material. Um, since clause one two provides that other legislation apply in addition to the bill. Um, the Plant Breeders Act can be used 
as a legislation that enables the selling and obtaining of uh, cannabis plant cultivation material. Uh, I must, however, indicate that uh, in terms of our international obligations, uh, such selling or dealing in cultivation material uh, may fall foul of certain provisions of uh, our international obligations. And uh, it is also stated further that uh, obviously since uh, there's no outlet to obtain cannabis cultivation material, uh, it may give rise to illicit market. And this aspect is acknowledged. Um, I'm not going to deal in further with the comments in 415B since it has already been discussed. Okay, and then again, the question is asked in paragraph 416 what harm is prevented by criminalizing behavior in a where the person cultivates in excess of a prescribed uh, quantity. Again, it's aimed to enforce the limitations, to ensure that cannabis stays in the private use sphere, and uh, to limit uh, dealing in cannabis. 417, uh, that relates the comment in 4.17 relates to um, religious cultural exemption. Um, and this uh, will not discuss in detail, but uh, the department will consider this. Uh, paragraph five of the comment and responses deals with the cannabis offenses. And clause four, let the schedule forfeitable. And it's remarked that uh, the cannabis offences in effect ensure that no commercial activities are allowed in respect of cannabis. And uh, our response is, this is obviously correct. Uh, I'm not going to deal in detail with uh, the harms that is prevented by criminalizing access quantity testing that has been explained over and over. Uh, in 5.3, the, there's a request that there should be no restriction on cannabis for purposes of religious or cultural purposes. This will be considered in the religious exemption. Um, in 5.4, this request to the bill must be amended, or rather this provision, to indicate clearly that persons who possess or Perform any activities with cannabis under authority of a license by SAPRA should specifically be excluded. Um, my submission is that uh, uh, this is not necessary because one, two of the bill already provides for that. And obviously, we, under legislation, authorize something uh, that uh, exemption authorization. Uh, ensures that a person can be prosecuted for offence in terms of the bill. Paragraph uh, 5.5, uh, it's remarked that uh, there should be unrestricted 
possession of cannabis in a public place. And this, our response is that this cannot be accommodated. Um, and the reason why we restrict uh, the quantity of cannabis in a public place is mainly to occur during the rain. Those four three, uh, relates to the storing of cannabis. And uh, it relates to storing of cannabis in a secure place. And uh, this indicated that uh, there's no clear guidance what should be considered as a secure place. This is almost similar to the previous uh, comments in respect of uh, the cultivation of cannabis plants. And similarly, we will consider this and uh, see if we cannot clearly, to some extent, uh, indicate what requirements and standards need to be prescribed by means of uh, regulation. Uh, five, five and seven, uh, fields of green again indicate that uh, cannabis uh, is according to them not harmful. Uh, and uh, uh, the restrictions is actually disproportionate uh, to the harm that is actually caused by the availability of cannabis. Um, and again, I can only refer that uh, dinner and cannabis cannot be accommodated in the bill. Uh, and uh, I will not discuss this aspect in further. Uh, five from eight is indicated that it is irrational to require that cannabis must be concealed from public view, especially since alcohol can both be displayed and consumed in the public area. And our response is that the aim is the aim through this provision is to address dealing in cannabis. Firstly, uh, cannot allow people to actually display cannabis uh, to people uh, for purposes of sale. Firstly, and it may also facilitate um, the selling of cannabis. And the other reason is that. Uh, it entices others to use cannabis, especially children. I must look at uh, foreign legislation, which do not only contain a similar provision, but they also prohibit aspects relating to cannabis accessories, such as bongs, or um, certain, uh, let's call it stickers that display cannabis leaf. Uh, and uh, the reason is similar uh, to the aims of this uh, provision, namely not to entice others to use cannabis. So that is uh, one of the that that is one of the reasons why cannabis cannot be displayed um, in public. 5.9 again relates to um, cultural or religious exemption. This will be considered. Um, we're going to discuss the proposed uh, text 
since there's very shortcomings. Paragraph six, deals with smoking and consumption offenses, and that's dealt with in clause five of the bill. Uh, it's indicated in paragraph 6.1 that the Adam judgment excludes children from the provisions of the bill. This has already been explained. Yes, uh, insofar as it relates to uh, possession of cannabis um, and some provisions of the bill, children is excluded, but in other instances, children are included and can commit uh, criminal offenses. I don't think that's contrary to the Allen judgment at all. Uh, regarding the second-hand exposure to cannabis smoke, uh, it is already indicated in the beginning that uh, the two professors uh, did indicate that uh, second-hand smoke may have harmful effects on others. They do indicate that uh, the offenses should be increased, especially when cannabis is smoked uh, in the presence of a child or a non-consenting adult. And uh, it is also raised whether we should not address uh, persons under the age of 25. My submission and for the reasons provided beforehand, I don't think we need to expand the provision uh, to include persons of 25. Following legislations do provide a cut of point of 21. Um, and uh, if a person uses cannabis uh, in the presence of a child, foreign legislation do criminalize that. Uh, but in foreign legislation, uh, this smoking prohibition is enforced through the, camera, the tobacco legislation. Um, 6.3 begins to relate to the South Africa social economic position. And uh, the question is. The following question is posed, namely, that millions of South Africans live in crowded streets. Uh, and uh, the, the fairness of Clause 5 we need to be considered against this background. Uh, it indicates that uh, if uh, there's a one-room shack that is occupied by a family and there's children who are to object to the smoking of cannabis. The person cannot smoke cannabis in that room or in the presence of the adult. Um, my submission is that uh, the prohibition emanates directly from the Prince judgment, uh, which specifically did not extend the use of cannabis to uh, that where it's used in the presence of a non-consenting adult and it explicitly uh, prohibits that cannabis can be used or smoked in the presence of a child. 
obviously, uh, we must again look at the definition of a private place. And uh, there is uh, many places that can be considered as private, uh, where cannabis can be consumed. Uh, for instance, another uh, friend's house or probably somewhere in the field, etc. Um, again, cannabis clubs were considered in the context and which may provide the solution. But again, the problem is that uh, it's difficult to implement uh, cannabis clubs in South Africa. Uh, Paragraph 6.4 uh, relates to uh, the use of cannabis in a cultural or religious setup. Um, and um, this will be considered when we uh, deal with religious and cultural exemption. Obviously, for um, certain cultural and religious purposes, um, it will be consumed in the presence of an adult person, and uh, it will also be used or consumed in places that is more public in nature by the persons uh, to those provisions relate. Uh, 6.5, question is asked, uh, is the prohibition against the eating of cannabis in public place going to be enforced? This was this is also very relevant to uh, driving under the influence of a drug. I do indicate here that an oral drug screener may be used to detect the presence of the THC. Obviously, um, similar to driving under the influence of drugs, um, there's other criteria that may indicate that, amongst others, that a person's uh, physical condition is such that he can be considered under the influence of a drug. And in such instances, a person may then obviously be subjected to a blood test. Um, the important aspect is raised in paragraph 6.6. .6. Um, and that is that uh, the prohibition uh, regarding the consuming of cannabis may extend to food products uh, and medicines, etc. And similar to previous, uh, similar as previous indicated, um, this will be amended to clarify the provision, and uh, we will provide for uh, a limitation on what. Uh, may be consumed in public and what may not be consumed in public, and that is 0.2% THC, which is the cutoff point. Um, it's remarked that obligation on a person to consume cannabis within their own homes is uh, unjustifiable infringement of the right of privacy. Our submission is it emanates directly from the person's judgment. 
Um, there's also a submission to the effect that clause 5.2 must be amended to provide that any person who smoked cannabis in the immediate presence of any non-consenting adult um, should be guilty of an offence as currently provided unless such conduct take place in the area designated for smoking cannabis. Uh, and obviously unless um, it relates to a religious uh, or a cultural um, ceremony. Uh, in terms of the tobacco legislation, uh, there's a prohibition on the uh, use of tobacco in a public place. But uh, one may uh, use tobacco in a specific designated place. In terms of the bill, any use of cannabis in public is prohibited and uh, we don't envisage uh, similar to tobacco to provide for designated places uh, where a person can use this specifically. But obviously, uh, in it is possible, amongst others, for a hotel to designate a place for smoking of cannabis. Um, it is explained there if it's concealed from others, the smoke doesn't hinder others, it may be considered as a private place for purposes uh, of the bill. Um, to again, refer to the fact that. Uh, there is certain instances where it will not be, where a person cannot easily use cannabis for, uh, for private purposes, amongst others, uh, where rents a place, or where the children, uh, or where the other adults does not consent. Uh, and um, it is already discussed above that uh, there should be a limitation to some extent to protect others against the harm of um, cannabis. And uh, we cannot do away with this um, provision that actually prohibits that, since it will also give effect to the Prince judgment. Uh, Paragraph 6.10 deals with uh, aspects relating to cultural or religious uh, ceremonies. Um, this will be considered uh, in a redraft of the bill. Uh, there is a remark in paragraph 6.12 uh, that uh, the bill is inconsistent with uh, the tobacco legislation. My submission is that uh, it is in line with the Tobacco Products Control Act, uh, especially Section 2.1, um, which deal with uh, the prohibition of smoking in a public place, uh, area from a certain window, um, smoking in a motor vehicle, etc. In terms of the bill, smoking a motor vehicle is prohibited and as an offence. Uh, aspect that is not addressed is a uh, specific place designated by the minister, uh, but it relates to outdoor 
public places. The bill cannot accommodate that since uh, it is a public place, and that is prohibited in terms of the bill. Um, paragraph 6.12. Uh, Mr. Roberts, just wait a bit. Uh, members, um, it is unlikely, even if we wanted to, uh, to finish the bill uh, today. So I suggest that uh, we break now to allow members to eat and to prepare for the house. And then we will proceed tomorrow to finish the bill. Is that in order, members? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Nivod, Yes, just to agree with the break. Thank you, Chair. It was a lot of uh, information today. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, that's true. Um, so let's meet tomorrow at half past nine. And it is likely that we will deal with, we will dispense with this bill uh, quickly tomorrow. Um, I suggest that um, we deal with the minutes after we have dealt with the issue of the bill. Um, and then uh, is it possible that we should, we can deal also with the BRRR? reports so that we can deal with all the internal issues so that we reserve Friday only for a briefing on the regulations, the legal practice regulations, and then we can have the day for 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 for, for the subcommittee on correctional services. Will that be in order? Yeah, that's fine. Thanks. Honorable Chair, Wumani Andrukun has her hand up. Honorable Nevo Thank you, Chairperson. Yes, Chair, I in, I'm in agreement to finish all of the internal things tomorrow after we've done with the bill. Um, I, I know that there is no plenary on Friday morning, but the committee is scheduled to sit at two o'clock, so I'm just wondering if it can be moved to the morning on Friday. Yes, I think that would be updated. I think the committee uh, program would be updated. We will meet in the morning and deal with the regulations, and then and then we we allow the court, the subcommittee uh, to meet uh, on Friday, so that we are. Um, then we, we know that early next week we will just adopt the regulation so that they can, in fact, we, ad, we, we process the regulation. I don't want to assume that we will adopt them. Uh, we, we deal with the, the report uh, the following week so that we can see if we agree with the regulations, they can go to the house. If we, if we don't, then, then we will discuss the way forward. Um, um, I think, uh, 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 thank you very much, uh, Honorable Verma, uh, for raising the issue. The program will be updated accordingly. Thank you very much uh, to all the participants, uh, Mr. Roberts, uh, for a grueling day. Um, please uh, take the strength.
and take a break so that we can finish tomorrow. Uh, and to all mem to members for, for your work, for your hard work, to everybody and to everybody who is watching at home, thank you very much. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Mr. Jefferson. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Bye, everyone.